0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: The gang bang man, it's the frip, frip, frip. Now I ride for the Lord and I sip, sip, sip on that.
2: Good evening and welcome to the Scoop Radio Show. This is Winfred Burns and I hope you guys are ready for another good show tonight because we are ready for you. I hope you guys are ready for a good show tonight because we are ready for you. We got a lot going on tonight and so I definitely hope that, uh, yeah, that you guys are ready because again, we are ready for you. So tonight, we got a lot going on. Um, Let's see, we got some news. We got, what else we got? We got news. We talking about the mistreatment of black women in the workplace. We got, um, yeah. Hot
0: topics. We got a budget.
2: Yeah, we got Hot Topic. We got, um, I I like how you threw that in, by the way. Uh, So, and then, of course, we got... um, (laughs) We got Passion Talk with the Firestarter. So before we get started, let me say what's up to my people. We're going to jump in. So you just heard, of course, the CEO of Curry Kitten and the leader of Hot Topic was Kels, Ms. Kels Johnson. What's going on, Kels? How you doing today? I'm doing good. Y'all
3: know Tuesday mm-hmm. is my favorite day. Yes, I
2: said Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. so I'm <laughs> doing
0: well.
3: <laughs> Ready to kick you with y'all.
2: Good, 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 good. And I'm ready. I am too. Um, and then, of course, we got the one and only uh, CEO of Elegant Design, Miss Shaquille Willis, going on Q. How you doing? Hey, hey, doing well. How are you? Just doing well. Well. <laughs> good. I'm doing well. I can't complain at, at all, as they say. So yeah, I'm <laughs> excited about tonight's <laughs> show. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight, so I want to hear, yeah, I want to hear, cause I feel like tonight I've been selling, but tonight I get to um, I get to listen, so, <laughs> um, so, I'm, so I'm looking forward to listening a little bit tonight to um, what the ladies have to say and what's going on in your world, um, and so when we get to our main talk, so yeah, so I'll wait the point, let's go ahead and uh, Let's jump to some news so we can make sure we stay on task. Again, before we jump into that, let me say if you are listening to us um, either online or if you are listening on uh, one of our uh, feeds, uh, our Facebook Live feed, you can always put your comments on the Facebook Live feed uh, or, and or you can call in to the studio and give your thoughts. Um, so the studio number to call to is 929 477 Again, that's 929-477-2304. That's probably the enough. So, again, if you have any questions or comments, um, then call in to that number, 929-477-2304. All right, let's jump into the news. So, first story tonight in the news, um, Athens in my hometown in Chicago. Um, so uh, the headline reads that the black security guard was shot and killed by a police officer while trying to stop the men. Um, so a police officer killed a security guard outside of a bar in South suburb Chicago early Sunday. The victim Jamel Roton uh, was at Maze Blue Room when gunfire opened around 4 am according to the sh- to uh, WGM. Uh, officers from several suburban police departments responded to a call of shots fired. Um, uh, there we go. Shot, fire, while attempting to identify the suspect, a Midlothian police officer shot the guard um, who was 26, and he was found dead at a nearby hospital, according to uh, the spokeswoman for the sheriff's office. The uh, committee reportedly asked a group of drunk. Men to leave the bar early Saturday. From there, someone returned with a firearm and began shooting. According uh, to bystanders, the armed security guard apprehended one of the men involved outside. Um, he said, somebody on the ground with me knee in his back with a gun uh, in his back. Don't move. Um, it wasn't long before witnesses said the officer fired at, at him after arriving on the scene. Everyone was screaming that he was a security guard, particularly a black man with a gun, and killed him of individuals involved in the shooting, including the shooter for life-threatening injuries. The police confirmed two officers from the department arrived at the scene of the shooting, and one of them opened fire. Yeah, so let's jump into this. Uh, into this. What are your uh Q? start with you. What's, what's, your, what's your thoughts on this? This... Um,
4: this um doesn't super surprise me to be honest with you. It just depends what we already know as far as what, um, how we're viewed in the media, how we're viewed in public, how our enforcement is viewed, it just cannot be that we should be calling for help, that we should not be aggressive. Um, this is extremely unfortunate, extremely unfortunate. Um, but unfortunately,
3: <laughs> not surprising.
2: Yeah. What about you, Kel?
3: Um, it's, it's really sad. I mean, I'm shocked, but I can't say i, was, I can't say totally surprised. But it. You know, like, like the witness said, the box said, that if our black men were stunned, it was automatically assumed it was a And so it just lets yeah. you know where we still are as a that we're not where we need to be when it comes to the uh, police and armed black men.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's sad. I mean, 26 years old. The story goes. on to talk about how um, he had to go to be a police officer, and you know, was a good, you know, good young man. And so, um, yeah, I'm interested to follow this to find out what happens to the officer, um, just because again, you know, it doesn't talk. We don't know if he you know, identified. I don't know anything, but at the same time, again, uh, as a security officer, we typically there's some form of uniform, something, you know, there's some way, some, some way that as a police officer, you're supposed to assess the situation before you start shooting. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so we got to, we have to find out what's going on here, uh, we have to follow files, because it's, it's, you know, it doesn't talk what happened to the officer or anything like that. So we don't know. We definitely send our condolences to the family and um will keep an eye on mm-hmm. so All right, uh in other news, uh yeah. So there's uh, Chad Johnson, the, the headline reads that Chad Johnson selects to Michelle William mental health in argument over his fiancee Chad Johnson uh is facing heat for how he handled an argument on couples own reality T V show, Chad Loves Michelle. In the episode mm-hmm. Williams and Johnson are on a video called Dr. Seema Bryant Davis about the relationship issues, which include Johnson, who is white, not wanting Williams to bring up race. As quoted, I said something to him on lines of well, Chad, because you are not, back, you would not understand why I communicate the way I do. Maybe because you didn't grow up around a lot of black people, and so that was very, very offensive to Chad. Um, quote, To to me, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, green, yellow. It doesn't matter, he told Brian Davis. If you know that the other person um, was like, I didn't know, I didn't like how you said that, then seek to find some understanding as to why a person didn't like what you said. Let's keep that the issue, not pulling out all the other things, because then it was like you're just trying to cut. But Johnson also jabbed Williams during the argument, asking Williams if she was, quote, on her medication she takes to manage her depression and insinuating that her mental health was the reason she was bringing up race. Ooh, Chad, Chad,
1: Chad, Chad. Yesterday
2: uh, <laughs> we had this yeah. agreement. He said, did you take yeah. your meds today? Yeah. Uh, Johnson said he apologized, but then Williams said, he should have never gone there. Mental health. He refuted that she should have never gone there with race. Let's talk. Yeah. So, girls We lost. <laughs> we lost. Um, yeah, that's com that's tough to have. Like I feel like if you are in an interracial
3: relationship and you're on a T V show about relationships. TV. I don't understand why they didn't think that would come up. Mm-hmm. Um, or why he thought she should have never brought it up. I just feel like if one if it wasn't that question, it would have been, been another um on the way that they would bring that into play. But to say something about her bed, oh, I would have went oh, I would have went, hell mm. That was straight. <laughs>
0: straight.
3: Yeah. It was straight. straight. Like, okay, you're going to bring up a break. Did you take your meds today? Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. There's no coming back.
2: He no said he apologized. I feel like no coming
3: back. So was uh, the last I'm,
2: part of what you said, Cal? What was the last
3: part? I said he apologized. The he, article said he apologized, but I just feel like, how, I mean, it's going to be hard coming back saying that about her medication. That's so personal. And most people don't want that out, you know what I mean whether you unless you're ready to talk about it.
2: yeah, give what you think
3: um,
4: yeah, I agree that the med comment was a low, that one was low. um, I was mm-hmm. interested in what the conversation was like prior, like what was the trigger that brought up the race in the first place? What was she saying that you didn't understand? Because he wasn't black was the issue that I had. Well was keeping me from answering that fully. Because she felt um she felt that there was a real barrier there and that could possibly be the reason, depending upon how she said it, like the tone that she said it, yeah, like I could see where she thought I could have done. But
5: um
4: the med thing that was the shit that just you know. Right. I agree. That one would have probably sent me yeah, off the defense. <laughs> it really would have. I don't know. I can't see in this situation where he is cut into what others are. That, you know, why how some that, others might get that.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm a collective. So I learned uh, I learned at an early age that there are a couple of things you never say, to man. One of them you never say. You never ask. Are you on your time of the month? If <laughs> we throw this line, I think I think Chad needs to throw this line in that in category of things you never say to your. Yeah. <laughs> never did you take your meds. To you, want Chad? So, yeah. Nope. We're gonna pray for Chad because yeah. Chad, Chad
0: we,
2: lost his life now. I, I, <laughs> I would hate to. I would hate to see Chad lose his life. <laughs> so. right, that <laughs> 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 somebody, somebody, Isaac uh, uh, said she should leave him. <laughs> Uh, last story So um, Yeah, actress Alyssa refuses to support um, The Women's March if, if organizers Don't denounce Louis Farrakhan uh, Milano Believes um, Believes the march leaders should do More to address Farrakhan's Biggest remarks about Jews and LGBTQ people the article says That uh, actress Alyssa Malone says she would not speak at the Women's March event unless the movement leaders denounced Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan. The former Charmed actress said she was disappointed in Women's March leaders Tika Mary and Linda Sarsour for associating with Farrakhan after he made vivid remarks about Jewish people Q-folks anytime there is any bigotry or anti-Semitism in that respect, it needs to be called out and addressed. Milano told the advocate in late October, I'm disappointed in the leadership of the Women's March that they have done it adequately." The actress also asked she would refuse the march um, if the March, Women's March asked her to speak at one of their events. I would say no at this point. I'm that none of them have fought against him at this point, or even a really good reason Why to support him, she asked. Mallory has faced consistent criticism after she attended Nations uh, Savior's Day event at Farrakhan called Jewish people Enemy. The actress defended her attendance by stating that going to the function was a matter of tradition. She said, I did expect my presence at Savior's Day to lead anyone to question my beliefs, especially considering that I have been going to this event regularly for over 30 years, Mallory wrote in an op-ed for New One. I first went with my parents when I was just a little girl and began attending on my own after my son's father was nearly 70 years ago. And then, the most difficult period of my life, it was the women of the Nation of Islam who supported me, and I've always held them close to my heart for that reason. The activists also urged oh, where it go? also urged people to get into difficult spaces for the sake of coalition building. Um, what's, uh, Q, you, what, what's your name? Q, what's your name? Mm, I
4: think that uh, I, <clears throat> Alyssa has her right to she feels about this. Um, I think it's somewhat naive of her to... Man, considering we've had so many different conversations surrounding supporting and non-supporting based on personal beliefs and all of that, this one kind of... Um, trying to still say objective, I have to think yeah, it's her right for not wanting to be a part of it because she doesn't agree with those particular points of he made. However, if he is not a speaker at a particular march or rally or whatever the case may be, I really don't see what <clears throat> Alyssa's issues could be um, with supporting much. Uh, but again, that's her right. She can choose to to be there. Again, um, I think this is a big This is one of those big picture situations where you have to think if the if the if the same goal that they're trying to accomplish is going to be reached better with this bet in the midst. Um but again I can't knock anybody for feeling they feel about it. I think it's a little reach though. <laughs> I'm not speaking at the yeah.
3: Okay. Um uh-huh. I'm on the fence because I understand what she's saying, and I'm just, you know, if I was in her shoes, that if it was someone that, you know, someone supports, support, ugh, I don't know. I understand where she's coming from. You know the remarks that um, Dr. Farrakhan said. So I understand where she's coming from. But is he going to be at the march? I guess I didn't read that far. If he was going to actually be at the march. Right, that's what I was missing. Yeah. But
4: I couldn't find out if he was
3: gonna be so, there or not. I don't know. I I don't know for some reason. I I I I, I to stand up for that because you know I understand where he's coming from too. But if you're gonna appeal to the masses, and he's not even worried about appealing to the masses. But you know that may not be his fight. Mhm.
2: yeah it's it's i don't know i i'm to say here's my my thought of this is very simple leave ministers kind alone of like now know i i again i i might not agree with everything i don't agree with everything he believes i don't agree with you know what i mean but you i, I you know y'all know how I am about maxine waters like i put right. I leave them alone alone <laughs> yeah like leave, leave on to yeah. maxine. Fire column, you know you don't. No, no, leave him alone. Just leave him alone. I mean, we have opinion. We don't have to again agree with them. She obviously has stated she doesn't agree with them, you know, and and or agree with, with that, that part. But again, why in the world? Even if that is the case, even if she did agree with, him, she has that right. That doesn't mean that you don't want to. Come together, so you don't want to work for women's issues because you disagree with that. Mm-hmm. So
3: that's why I was wondering, like, how much?
2: Yeah. So, how um, much
3: involvement is he? Was he with that particular event? Is it just that particular march? Or he saying involved in everything? You know that like he's part of that movement. I guess that's what I was trying to figure
2: out. Yeah, she said she wouldn't. She didn't say she she would or wouldn't again She said she wouldn't speak So I don't know good question So Either way Again Leave Auntie Maxine and Uncle uh, Louis Farrakhan alone Leave them alone That's just pretty You know what I mean like just Um, Our first song for the night Uh, Kels, you introduced introduce us No, I'm kidding Uh, (laughs) The news is brought to you by uh, (laughs) The news tonight was brought to you um, By the Level Up Conference The Level Up Conference is Global Drive Conference 2019 Where we are going to teach you How to um, level your faith Your family and your finance It's going to be in Chicago from August the 9th through August the 11th we will have uh, two and a half days of good classes, phenomenal speakers, uh, and sessions, as well as we're going to have fun with networking events, a formula, and a whole bunch of hosts of other things that you don't want to miss. You can still register We're um, only taking 300 people, but you still can register at going to www.levelupcargo.com. We still do have the option available to pay in installments. But that's only going to be for a limited time. So go to the website today and get at least a good hold your seat by paying your deposit. LevelUpChicago.com. This first song tonight uh, is by my boy, my bro, uh, Raheem Coleman. This is Black Lives Matter. We'll be back after this and we're going to get into the hot topic with Kale right after this. Black Lives Matter by Rasheen Coleman.
1: Rest in peace, Mike Brown. right? I like am yeah. like yeah. in this Amen. as they yeah, my young black youth. I gotta be yeah. careful what you tell us, cause right. they will believe and they will achieve and they will accomplish well beyond. Whether they O's the running base like Mary and intelligent, but they rather see us catching bullets, black like skin.
3: Okay, that was Black Lives Matter by uh, Rasheem Coleman, one of the bros. I love that song, by the way. I mm-hmm. hope oh, y'all enjoyed that. <laughs> That's going to lead us very nicely into our next segment, which is the hot topic. Uh, tonight, this hot topic got a lot of traction, in it's from one um, our very own Q, one of the co-hosts. Whoop, whoop. And uh, the <laughs> hot topic is also, <laughs> yeah, also pinned on the live. And it is the segment is brought to you by Curvy Kitten Clothing, where self-reflection is perfection. Get you some Curvy Kitten today at www.curvykittens.com. That's Kittens with an S, .com. And you can use the coupon code KKNEW, that's K-K-N-E-W, to get you an extra 10% off. So, I'm going to read the hot topic, and then we will... Get into our discussion. So, you guys should be able to see. I saw a picture came up on my live. You guys should be able to see the meme, but it's a meme and it says, uh, This is captioned with this is a combo of me and my, me talking to my husband about life stresses. So, the first three comments is the wife and it says, This is the worst week of my life. It seriously is. I seriously want to jump off a building. And then the husband texts back and says, as long as you land on this D. Mm. <laughs> the D standing for the male genitalia. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
3: so, <laughs> we're 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 really talking to ladies, but men, okay, you know, you're welcome to chime in, but it says, ladies, this is the convo between you and your man. Are you good with this response? Why or why not? So
0: <laughs> mm, mm, mm.
3: <laughs> so you're you're talking about this serious situation with your hubby and he and you say you're gonna jump off the building and he responds back and says, As long as you land on this d what yeah. would you <laughs> do, do, do?" I mm-hmm. think it was laugh at first, but I'm gonna go to, actually go to Jesus. You, you brought this post to our attention and shared it with the group. Um, what were your thoughts when you first read it?
4: Well, a little background for everybody. Um, the person who shared this found a lot of humor in this. Like she, she said this was goals for her. So even before I shared it with the scoop, I knew and I understood that there were varying perspectives to this. When I read it, I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, like I, as I was going down, you know, just a natural you <laughs> something. And when yeah. I got to the end, I literally was like, oh, ah. Uh. Like, so I immediately thought we have to talk about this because just in those few seconds, you know, night and day responses to this particular situation. Um, And I really think it's just how you're built um, and how you react in stressful situations. I personally don't dig this kind of chat in the midst of the meltdown. I think everyone is entitled to their meltdowns um, and, and they're entitled to having a moment to have someone be there with them. So, um, from there, I figured you just got to know your folks, <laughs> know your folks, because homegirl was here for it, me not so much, I was not here for it. And this, and within these four messages, I don't know how we went from, damn, this is the worst day ever to get on this date. Like, I was like, nah, bro, <laughs>
3: that was a problem for me. <laughs> you know, if I, at first, uh, reading, like, I, I found humor in it, too. I think it just depends on what type of humor it is and probably what what kind of day or what kind of feelings you're having in that moment. But I was, you know, I was very, um, I don't know what I want to say, uh, real with myself when I was thinking that. If I was really having a bad day and got that response, I probably wouldn't have found it funny. Yeah. So I really think it, it definitely depends on the people, like you said, know your folks, your folks, <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, I don't know, because I, and what's crazy, because I, you know, that's kind of a running joke with me and a couple of my close friends, because we always say, on these and on these. So I'm like, that, yeah. that caught me off, it, it caught me off guard, but, you know, it was funny to me. Um, before I go into the comments, <laughs> what's your what do you think about it? I know you wouldn't dare say what? something like that. <laughs> I would? Why wouldn't I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that ain't you. i not you would, like that.
3: You would, you would error to go on the concern side first versus trying to make a joke joke real quick. Yeah.
2: It, it, it depends. So, So I think it depends on, like, the relationship with the person. Um and like if there if, if I yeah, if I saw that there was something that was seriously wrong or I picked up that it was something seriously wrong, then mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't say that. But if I you know, if I was if I thought that me saying that would help lighten a tense moment, oh yeah, I would say something like that.
3: Mm-hmm. And I've said
2: I've and admittedly I've said that in situations that I shouldn't have said it in and but mm-hmm. at the same time I think again you know, I'm I'm pretty I can be pretty silly sometimes. So I think you just have to know the person <laughs> and know, you know, and again, know that if the other person knows you, then I think you know, you if you stay in the wrong time you get a little grace.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You hear that? I,
4: said, I, and I know you're getting ready to get to your live comments, Kels, but I you know, to speak to what Wynn just said from the male perspective, um I can I can see that. And I think it's a learning curve. Um, because I, I even said, I think it was uh, Joseph I, and at even late. Late. we were talking back and forth, and <laughs> she, had, she had said, don't play, this is you, to Joseph, and I laughed, and I said, I'm not, you know, I personally don't necessarily respond to that initially, but my husband would say something like this. If he did not know, especially through text, because you can't always gauge how serious a thing is through text message, you know, how uh, act. you know, Exact uh, matter of fact, how it's actually happening. So if he were to come back with that initially, and then I'm like, nah, bro, no, I need you to, I need you to focus. And then he came back to the to the mix. Okay, cool, we can move on. But like, don't keep coming back to the D, bro. Like that's not the remedy for this. Some, you know, like I, you know, you have an opportunity to bounce back. But you know, I think it is. I would not venture off to say that it's out of the ordinary for a man to respond like this. I just think how he recovers if he realizes that ain't the move. Will really, really be a good thing for him. His reaction time better be swift if that's the wrong wrong move to make.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I I understand about the recovery, but mm-hmm. according you know somebody's comments, I'm like, I yeah, it ain't no even the the recovery could be good, but they are gonna already be mad. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> There's like, a the room. first <laughs> response. From one of our regulars uh Jean. she says not yeah. a bad response, probably a very playful couple, and he knows she's not serious mm-hmm. um and so you ask her you know what if what if this was you and your partner and uh, she she responds with um she says, i would be i'd be okay he's very playful, hopefully he'd make me laugh make me feel a little better by laughing mm-hmm. and and that that's a good point let's see
5: yeah. uh
3: the next comment says for my husband I'm going to say no at that moment I need emotional and mental support there's a time and place to be serious and to joke around um Don says Cal would know not to say that to me we play a lot but don't come at me that way when I'm seriously talking about my worst week ever so you know that was three different perspectives and two out of three were like they would be mad if their husband said that to them um I'm going to get another comment from the, one of the guys. Hold
2: on. I just, I just want to say that Cal Ray is Jesus's baby brother. So, yeah, yeah. he is. Right. He,
4: <laughs> <laughs> and I want to also say Don is also a Capricorn. So, you all, you know, and this is, if we're going to go a little to the left just for a few seconds while Kel finds ne- her male comment. But it depends on how seriously this person takes their work also. Uh, I know she and I both take our work very, very seriously and can sometimes allow those things to get to us. So in that moment, your spouse would know, wait a minute. like Cal would be like, ah, here we go. You know what I mean? Let's let's listen and get, yeah. we get, get the background of this because that's how, you know, when it's business, it's business type of thing. So that would be, if that is the distress signal, if she chose to send it, because we usually don't, and that's what we say, That wouldn't wouldn't be the response that I I took note to kind of the signs of the folks that I knew throughout this comment thread, and it made me laugh because lots of the cats Mm -hmm. weren't comment. But
3: yeah, and and this doesn't even say that it's about work though. It just says the worst week of my life. it could have been, you know, it it could have been something personal. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. Like, see, I like one thing. One thing I want to bring up with Jermaine. Uh, comment. He's 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 always the sarcastic. We don't know if he being sarcastic right. or joke, Whichever. He's gonna bring <laughs> up the side what we should think. And uh, he says he made his own little conversation. Me, lol, at worst week ever. Uh, like dot 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 again. Like basically saying she might always say that. It says me later. So you really not going to jump on? And then he says for himself, worst night ever. And so I thought that was kind of funny that he automatically assumed that because it's his wife or maybe from his own experience or just making a joke about women that that they probably use that term all the time mm-hmm. or say I feel like jumping off a building all the time because I was after I read that comment I was thinking I was like yeah I know I probably said uh, pull me off the ledge a time or two so mm-hmm. if I said that in a text I don't know if People who really know me would think that I'm actually standing on the legs ready to jump. You know what I mean, so
5: yeah
3: that was a different um, perspective to bring up. I thought that, and I think <laughs> another band get to it <laughs> just automatically thought this is something that they've done already. it mm-hmm. might have been your name again, um. One person says, "I roll in divorce papers." I was like, "Okay, dang." for wow. <laughs> you end it off. <laughs> What's that comment. Not here for right. it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Chan comes back and says, "In my opinion, this is a know your person, know your person moment." There are mm-hmm. two different assumptions being read here. Some are assuming she's serious. Some are assuming she's not. Hence the responses. I would hope that each. Person knows a significant other well enough, which is the reason why they responded the way they did. So, yeah, I think that's the, the, the main, the major consistency because I mean, most people, you know, your partner enough to what you could, you know, what I mean, what you could say so that if it was really a bad day, they would know you're not ignoring that, but that's just your personality. Mm-hmm. But I, um, I would tend to error more serious first, but, but I, don't I don't know. I didn't take. I did take. I did had to be. I didn't take a, I, I didn't take a, to didn't take a at first, but I would probably try to. If I was having a bad day, I would. I said that I would. Uh, <laughs> I would have one of my police friends call him, like something really happened, just to you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the joke, like, are you laughing now? It's a, it, you know, it's like, yes. let you know I jumped while you playing. <laughs> yeah. So, I, That's I,
2: something,
3: something,
2: so you're going to be petty. That's what, basically what you're saying is you're going to be extra petty.
3: I'm be petty. I'm yep. be petty. If I get offended, I'm going to be petty right back. And hopefully, we we'll both be laughing at the end of the night, not fighting. 50 50 chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. That's funny. What did you guys say, Keith? Oh, I was going to say, you know, you brought up a good point about how quite a few of the fellas assumed that this was a recurring thing for her. And I kept asking, I I asked when I first posted this, where are y'all getting this from? Like from these four text messages, where are you getting that this is a recurring thing that, you know, she's done this over and over again. And then, you know, They responded, Jermaine responded, that, you know, after a while, he thinks that men are putting their personal experiences with these types of situations into the response for this situation. So that got me Mm -hmm. to think, y'all know me and my rabbit holes and, you know, things that I like to think about. I thought to myself and I asked him, does this speak to the assumption of us being dramatic or extra or blowing things out of proportion where it's always like instant eye roll because you've heard it once or twice before. Um, He basically says, you women folk are such strange animals. Y'all put so much weight into stuff men don't even think about. So we kind of had a different kind of conversation surrounding like the severity of things and how big picture things are viewed from us and then to the men that we love. Um, Because I'm pretty sure there are times where I'm saying something to James and he's like, here we go again. Like, I know he feels this way, but that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that it's not um, important. So when does Mm -hmm. that, When is where is the balance and when is the shift of it mattering and it being monotonous? You know what I mean? Where we keep going over and over the same thing, or does it really matter? And where is that threshold larger <laughs> In certain instances As opposed to others Because I thought dang Like we already assuming that this is a rep- Where we get that from I, yeah, that,
3: was I that, think that was true When can you uh, Can you speak to that though as a
2: man I think again I think most To Jermaine's point that most What Jermaine said sarcastically Is probably why That mm-hmm. This is not a normal, I mean, this is not an unusual thing to be said, you know, that that um, most men, let me, most men, y'all know how, I don't say y'all know, but you know how it is. Where Sometimes <laughs> we don't, we don't necessarily, I don't want to use the word honor, but we think that in a lot of businesses, we think y'all are always overly emotional anyway. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so in that moment is probably like, okay, she's being dramatic, it's really not the worst you know what i mean like it's really not the worst week it's just some bad happened at the job or whatever or something you know she feels overwhelmed but this really ain't the worst week of your life you you know and so i think that response yeah. sounds like you're not really like you need to cool out you're not it's not that bad yeah hmm. i definitely at yeah. <laughs>
3: that point i think like and this may be the rabbit hole um I mm-hmm. think that it it gets that, it becomes bigger, it bigger, bigger than that. Bigger. We make it we make, it, we make it bigger than we that make because stigma of us being emotional. Yeah. But my yeah. thing is my is, my that thing is that stigma justified? You know, are we are, are we, we real? Real? are, we really, are we really emotional? emotional. Because, because, because I, I'm I, counting I, mind I'm counting I'm my miles. Like like half the times have I said this. The <laughs> <laughs> like really how many times have I said, talking about, was talking about this
4: year?
3: This month.
2: This month. Do you say it a lot? I
3: don't say it a lot. I a lot. But I think I, I think said enough said to where if we were it practically it wouldn't more would super, um, super. concerned. <laughs> but I don't think y'all would be talking the truth then, then cause I'm truth because I'm just thinking about when I come mean, to when being b you know. Being you know. Back. Uh, uh y'all, y'all don't yeah, y'all y'all necessarily joke so right, of right off the Right off the bat. Of mm
2: mm-hmm. And maybe because I'm not around you every day, but I don't think you have. Um, I'm not around. I'm not around you every day, so I don't. I don't see you do that often. I think you have. A, I mean, a normal amount. I mean, we all have. You know, what I mean, I think we all, from what yeah. I see, like you go yeah. through. You go through seasons like everybody else. And so when that season when that day or whatever happens It's cool.
3: Yeah. Because I I'm just like the one the the, the women who got super offended like and were talk saying suicide is serious. You know, we had a couple of people go back and forth about that and we know suicide is serious. But I'm just wondering are they maybe they're the type of women that don't that don't um say dramatic things like that. I'm thinking jump off the building, pull me off the ledge, talk me down. You know, that kind of stuff. I feel like I use it in conversation. Um, um, and so yeah. for me, and and so I, for I, you know, I just think it's to um, justify. And that's I can see their point. I can see their point. hmm <laughs>
1: I need
4: to, to speak to that. Okay, I think we're, I'm, ready. I'm, ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm trying to give
0: a moment for him to do it. Right now, I'm
5: back. Right <laughs> okay.
4: Okay. Um, I said, it can't be say that. I know I, said it, but I'm in a season where things are rough. So I know. Oh, um, in the last six months, though, that's why. I know James would be like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Here no. she goes again with this. But he would listen because while I might say over and over again, it's still that there's something that's happened that's new or different or has added to what happened the last time. So if I need to get that out, I I expect to be able to let that out. Like anybody else would expect to be able to let that out with their person and not be dismissed. I think that's what was getting me the most about the assumption that it was over and over again, and it was like, oh, again, though? You know,
5: you should still be given
4: the space to get it out and not be dismissed because, oh, here you go with these damn emotions again. You know, it's like one of those things, like, wow, okay, well, I can't feel. It's too much feels for you. All right, got it. Um, (laughs) Iacus said on the phone, she was like, if you want to deal with someone that's similar to your homeboys, date your homeboys. If you want your significant other to respond to you the same way you do, date one of your bros. And I thought to myself, that's kind of straightforward, but that's kind of how that that is that is accurate because women have to learn how to adjust to speak to the men and get them to be able to, to tune in in certain ways and and I think that should be reciprocated in certain in in a lot of instances but especially things like mm-hmm. this.
3: Yeah, like it's okay for me for the like you're saying it's okay for you know the men to be sensitive to that. Like you don't have to be hardcore or humorous or you know mm-hmm. sarcastic to my pain all the time. So I, I, I definitely, I definitely get that. I, like It's just, it's weird how different perspectives, I really, and you, it's, we see different perspectives a lot, but when it comes to relationship things, and I mean, this is a four-line text. Four. lines. Four. four. Right. And we had about 40 scenarios. Like, that is so yeah. crazy. I could have, you know, we want to we want to bring everybody together with conversation but how do we how do we come together if we're always going to see things so differently mm-hmm. you know it's i don't know
4: you know what i think is we have to be willing to actually see it instead of say it differently I think right now we're in a space where the world wants to just say that it's different and everyone wants to share how different everything is, but we're not really seeing the difference in those things and really seeing them for what they are to, like, like comprehend that person's experience, if that makes sense. We're hearing it. Oh, yeah, that's different. I want to tell you how this is different from my thing. You know, so there's not really a sight happening into the other situation. We're just comparing the differences. We're not really
3: seeing right. you know, the other
4: perspective. Of that.
3: Yeah, I, yeah. That's, but you know what I, what I can say? I don't, I don't know if at least with this conversation and the differences in perception, there wasn't an argument. So maybe we're getting, maybe we are getting better. And just don't know it. They were like, okay. Yeah. I don't know why y'all seeing it like that, but now that you told me why, you know, like to ask the question, hey, man, why do y'all think that? And yeah, for yeah. them to, you know, explain it like that, and for us to be like, okay, I see that. So if that does happen in your your situation, like I feel like to me, I take these kind of little tidbits and just think, I hope I remember that something like that happens in, you know, a future situation, because then I could be like, okay, I remember the men saying that they were yeah. not think of me.
2: Right and I, and I and i that. think that's the i think that's the that's the, the, the goal and the point of it but to your point I mm-hmm. think a lot of times it comes back to just knowing your knowing your partner knowing and then your yeah. partner knowing you knowing that just that, that even if i think even if your 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 partner does get it wrong if you know mm-hmm. them then there shouldn't be mm-hmm. such a a huge level of offense and you you know i don't think it's a big deal to correct them like listen out right now, can you be serious? I don't need you to be, you know. I don't need you to be funny right now. I need you to, to, yes. be serious. So I mean, you know your, you know, you know your person. If your person is is naturally silly, then that mm-hmm. is, they're going to probably defer to that in stressful moments. So give them that yeah. space, just like they should. They should give you that same space, which is the beauty of, which is supposed to be the beauty of relationships that that we can miss stuff, and still, as we're missing, we're missing things. The other person can help us learn what we miss. Yeah, which is important. yeah, yeah.
3: That's definitely that's a def, that's another way to to um, to explain it a little deeper. Yeah, give them. Even if it, it, you know, if your person is a, a person that clowns all the time and that's silly, you know, don't go too far to the left on them because you know that's what they are. So even in your, uh, even if you're in a different emotion, emotional space, uh, maybe even being just cognizant of that. Just, and I think that still just comes with better, with open lines of communication. And I, for some reason, it made me think about, um, when we were talking last week, when we were talking about David and Will and how, you know, one of their things about not raising their voices and always talking out their, mm-hmm. their argument mm-hmm. in a certain way, it may, mm-hmm. I don't know, for some reason, that made me think about them. Like, this would be one of those times instances that you may have to practice that. Yeah. Yeah. it was I can't.
0: Yeah,
2: because some of the stuff you said, I was like, <laughs> I said, because I was laughing. Some of the stuff he said, I was like, well, that's lying. But I can appreciate developing the, dis- <laughs> the discipline to know I have gone too far, so let me default. Let me And it's, and it's a fair yeah, thing. Let me default to what I know let my partner know that right now I cannot communicate <laughs> I can't properly yeah. communicate or effectively communicate, so let me walk off. So I thought that was, even though initially I took it like, dude, it's corny, I appreciate the <clears answer throat> again. There was an effort placed there um, to to deescalate, to be clear, to not, you know, um, cause any further damage. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that
3: was a, that was a good topic. I think we we well it was well rounded. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks again for uh, yep. for that good topic cue. Thanks to the the participants in the school for not having a. Argument, you know, not a drawn out fight, but you know how we can get in there where nobody got to get the leader of the group and all extra kind (laughs) of (laughs) stuff. It has potential. It has potential. Right, I want to applaud y'all on that. I definitely want to applaud y'all on that. So, the, the next, it's time for some more music. And the next song tonight is I Can't Thank You Enough. By good friends Oh this is
0: new music So yeah y'all listen up This is new Alright all right. Thank you Lord I'm so thankful To you For bringing me through All you brought me through I just can't seem To say thank you enough Showing me your kindness and love You're under.
2: That was was a good song. I like it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm
4: here for it. All right. So this segment is brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful you is always our specialty. You can get your all-natural hair and skincare products at elegancebydesign.com. That's design with a Z. And uh, let me know if you have any questions or concerns. I'm happy to get you taken care of. All right. So, <clears throat> earlier this week, I shared on my personal page an article, and I've honestly been trying to find it, but I've posted quite a few times since then, so I will keep scrolling and I'll share it here in a minute. But um, <laughs> there was an here article that I crossed uh, <laughs> regarding how women of color, specifically, this this was a com article, um, where we were discussing, here we go, boom, thank you, Lynn, well.
2: Um
4: so we it was discussing how women have issues moving up in the workplace, how uh, there's often a managerial issue attached a to it, and they have challenges moving in corporate America. So I mm-hmm. then began to think about it because I have been in what some would consider a corporate environment for the better part of my working career. Um, for me personally, I'm often younger than the majority of those in leadership or um, who have tenure, um, the experience and that that type of thing, um, my skill set is usually what causes my advancement. It's not a degree. I don't have any degrees or anything like that. So um, I've found that my age and race has played a factor in some situations. But it's, I've also noticed that, for me, it's been more so uh, microaggressions. Um, there haven't been always a lot of in-your-face Because you're brown, this is happening. And I think that's a lot of what these types of of, uh, articles and stories speak to. So I said,
0: hmm, okay,
4: so I have an attachment to this. I wonder how many more of my peers have understood who have felt this, have some type of experience with this, what's going on? Because I know my crew, but I wanted to ask. So I reached out to my Facebook fam, and they did not disappoint. I asked them like, what are some challenges that you face? And we've brought up nepotism. Um, it's who you know, in a lot of situations, especially in government things. Chan added that to the mix, and I thought that is interesting, and I've seen that happen. Um, heard of it happening. Um, we've talked, and then again, mm-hmm. others brought up microaggressions, the little things where you've got to have your authority questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be the expert in the field, and you still got to go back and have someone else say, yeah, what she said was right, that's right, go ahead and do what she said. You know, so little things like that came up, and I thought, okay, we have something here. So, I wanted to talk about it, and I want to know your thoughts. Kels, I know you also have experiences in this, because you also are in corporate, so Mm -hmm. you got some thoughts on this. So, I'm going to touch now and let you share a little bit of your experience, because you work in a uh, (laughs) faith-based, currently in a faith-based Position, but you've had all kinds of issues or situations happen <laughs> in your tenure as as a as a corporate America cutie. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Um, oh my God, I've had so many instances. Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Like I can laugh at them now, but I had when I think about, it, I'm like, I have had. I could have went to some news stations with some of the stuff that I went through. Um mm-hmm. the last company that I worked for that is now closed so it's safe to I'm <laughs> um, safe to share some of these um instances. One major thing uh that stands out to me is that I feel like when you're hired the black woman is there's no secret to the black woman working hard. That's mm-hmm. my first observation. And people give you that respect for that. They know you're gonna they you're pretty much gonna be uh their own time, you're gonna be loyal, you're gonna kinda, you know, do what you need to do to get the job done. Especially if you or if you already have experience of being in a professional setting. So they work you like a mule and you get instead of you not just getting overlooked for rewards, you get mistreated for even being good. Like, they want you to work hard, but then when you work to be good, they treat you bad. Um, mm-hmm. I remember at the last job, I remember my boss being thread thinking I wanted to steal her job all the time. Um, one lady didn't like me, and I found that after the fact, after I had to go through so much drama, she didn't like me simply because I wore, when I would wear my braids, I would, like, have, like, blonde streaks. She didn't like the fact that I had blonde hair or blonde wow. colored my hair. <laughs> blonde wig. Like, wow. Yeah, it was, uh, that was the thing. Um, I I had to, you know, I had to file a complaint up to headquarters. I had to get with the ELT. I mean, it was a big thing. They were, <laughs> uh, racial slurs were being used. Uh, but if anything bad went on and a lot of this stuff I didn't even know what's going on behind my back. They were trying to pin stuff like like money was stolen one time and equipment was stolen and they were trying to pin it on me. All of this unbeknownst to me. And wow. I mean if they really I was a new the new kid on the block, they really had no reason to, mm-hmm. you know, have this have these thoughts against me. I remember uh hearing a conversation about I had got some clothes handed down to me. I think it was from one of my aunts when she moved. So, I mean, this wasn't like it was some furs and some, I mean, it was like blouses and pants, but in the report that was being sent up about me, they were saying that they thought I sold the money because I came in with new attire. Wow. Well, yeah, I had to do a lot of fighting and <laughs> it was, it was, but it was handled because I kept my cool I took the proper yeah. channel, and I was able to sit there. They they had to watch me get promoted. Mm-hmm. I got to watch them, headquarters come down and pack them up and walk them out of there and, and them to hand me their keys. So I learned then that any position, or if I was going to stay in the corporate world, I knew then that I had to keep my cool and I had to keep track mm-hmm. of any any wrongdoing, any kind of conversations because I mean they brought up it was stuff brought up that I just remembered them saying but didn't even know was in direct correlation to them trying to get rid of me or, you know, try to, you know, uh blackball me and something it all worked out. Sure. Thing about those who didn't have that grace. Yeah. That yeah. protection. So Oh honey, I know <laughs> I
0: know it <what> I <laughs> you
4: said something that is so go ahead you said it right there the the last bit of what you said made so much sense so you have to keep your cool and you have to keep good notes (laughs) Um, you you, that is something that um, and I think it it varies greatly on the type of job that you do the type of title that you have Um, and I'll speak to if you have any type of leadership, or if you are, if you've been brought to a company, because we're often brought into companies to fix things, to shake it up, to figure out what's wrong, you know, to prompt solve a thing, you know, that's when you see a sister show up with policy and procedure, and she's got the book out and she's going through the line by line type thing, and you know, you there's already you have to balance being a woman and having authority, and then being a black woman and having authority. So it's a totally different game that you have to play in those moments because you risk—you can't just, as a woman, coming in and having authority, you run the risk of being the bitch, okay? But being the black woman coming in and having authority, shaking things up, you are now the angry black woman when you are now offering, you're creating friction between the thing that we're used to. Um, I was brought in. I am often brought in because I'm process driven and I'm customer service driven. So Mm. I'm often I'm often brought in to figure out what's wrong and to fix things and that's when the whole the, the questioning authority comes in when you when you show up and you have a new policy and we say we're going to try this to see what the results are everyone has to question even the potential for results before anyone's even willing to enact the plan there's not even a willingness to try until it's been signed off by 15 other people above you <laughs> to say yeah we'll try that do what she says let's try that you know and then you can't say But this is my job. You brought me here to do this. I need you to do this. You can't be that person. You then have to say, hey, supervisor, um, Don decided that he doesn't agree with this process and he's providing pushback. Can you intervene? You know, so now you have to do that. Whereas if John was the supervisor, he could just say, hey, bro, I'm going to need you to do that. You know what I mean? And it gets done. Yeah. yeah. You have to really balance how you even approach a situation that you're being paid to do it. You're being expected to
1: produce results on, without saying, "Well, they're not listening to me." You know, you can't do uh, that. Well, you, still have yeah. you have to maneuver how to express Emotion. to them is not.
4: And then to the yeah, it's, it's a game. It's always uh, it's interesting. It's, it's very very interesting. When we, what if uh, you have?
3: Go ahead, Gail. Sorry. Go ahead, Gail. I just want to mention something before I before I forget when you talked about um, you know having to speak to I don't know just different things like that. Like, what are my main concerns too? At even currently, is why do I have to explain myself? while I'm telling you something? If you gave me this leadership role and this is my department and this is what I do and this is my connection, why do I have to explain everything to you? You wait, I'm wasting days or hours explaining myself. Yep. When, like you said, John can come in here, tell you what he's going to do, not even show you any evidence or anything, and, and be okay. So I just wanted to mention that. Truth is,
4: right. Man, you seen this in your workplaces? Have you seen this happen to to other people? Oh. Or do you think you would have noticed it if it was being, oh. being a man
2: so, in the environment? In the places that I've worked, um i've heard it, but there was not a lot of i've heard it, but most of the women that i worked with traffic were were white women, and so they were in power and i've my my experience has been I've watched um them kind of get together and help each other um mm-hmm. So that, that was that has been my predominant experience in in corporate America has been when I joined the first position I had there was um a white woman who was a very senior <clears throat> leader and she pretty openly, you know, talked about the diversity issue um and started making it I don't want to say easier, but I'll use the word easier for other white women to be in positions of power. I don't know if that trend, if that was an issue that black women felt that they weren't a part of that because as I think about it, it was not a lot of black women who were in my area who would experience, who could be there. But I do know, a couple that I do know um, who were on the corporate side said that they did face some, some concerns. But that was at the hands again of their white female bosses.
3: Mhm. Mhm. So. Yeah. Um. another point, hey. I, I was waiting to see somebody brought up um, about, you know, when you go in, like you said, you have to go in and you have to be the fixer and the, and the cleaner upper, and you have to take all this stress and make it better. And. I felt like, uh, in one instance, it was okay. We didn't know you was gonna be this good, or we didn't know you were gonna challenge me. <laughs> like I felt like, what mean He really wasn't even one of my supervisors. We really were, on, this, we were really on the same level, but because we had to come up with new policies and procedures, I think he thought. I mean, he he just assumed he had the upper hand because he was a white man. I mean, I know that's what it was. Is why, you know. Why do you think you have more power than me to decide these policies? And so uh, he came up with a whole campaign, and I had to hear through the grapevine to think he was going to get rid of me. And, again, I watched him leave, but, you know, I just thought that was weird that he took offense to me wanting to do things the right way, like just when I tell him, hey, I've done this before. This is my expertise is the way we have to do it, and he took offense to that. I'm like, and the only reason you took offense is because I'm black. And so, and then when I, I got brought it up, they're front of our, both of our superiors. And they were, shocked. They were shocked. Like, I can not believe she How said did they, that. Were they yeah.
2: Did they do <laughs> anything about it, or did they just?
3: Well, eventually, I had to, you know, I had to go through the, I had to go through the formal procedures, like I just told, you know, a couple of people okay. in power, like, hey, I think it's something going on because I'm hearing from, like, at this point I was hearing it from students that this person is trying to make it seem like I'm doing something wrong or he's telling people I'm going to be gone or I'm going to be fired. And, you know, what are y'all going to do about it? And then when they didn't, you know, they were just like, oh, you're just a flavor of the month. When they said that, uh, my gears went back to the, the stuff I had experienced before and I got my paper trail together and I lodged that formal complaint and then it was handled. Yeah. That paper trail is so important. Yeah. It wasn't handled until so I had I had the paper till the paper trail got started. Then they yeah. did handle it and he was gone and um I, I was. So I asked a
4: question on my page <clears throat> because I thought that this would be good information for us to just kind of chop you know, chop through. It. So I said if you could tell your coworkers or leadership one thing about your corporate experience, what would it be? So, I got some answers, not a whole lot of answers, but I did get some answers. The first one was nepotism. So, the people know, the streets are talking. <laughs> and it does not take long to recognize that your qualification is family or friend or deeper than just the referral process. And the folks know, okay? Um, so, those types of things aren't kind of swept away as we think. Um, Kels had a very, very good comment. I'm going to definitely share your comment, that being culturally insensitive could very well ruin you in this world. Um, she says, I'm not comfortable with being treated like a lesser citizen until people figure out what my title is. My melanin is not beneath any of you. And then she said something else, but we're going to say any of
0: y'all.
4: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <I'm
5: serious.
0: laughs>
4: so just calm and actually Ooh. listen. there are people that have better ideas than you, but they are willing to let you bump your own head. Um, This one stood out to me because it's often, and and it it tied in with my tip, pay attention to the silence. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we have to maneuver in so many different creative ways to be heard, often silence is the best way to get that done. So if you bring someone onto your team or if you have a person who has in the past been that producer, that, that person in the meetings has always got the information, that comes with the ideas, ready to rock and roll, that fired up person, and all of a sudden they're the person in there with their notepad, taking notes, quiet, listening, are we good, meeting's over, oh, okay, goes back to their, they're still doing the work, but they're disengaged to the process. Their morale has changed. Pay attention to those people because there's often a lot more going on than what they're willing to share because they're in fear of it being a safe place to do so. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been blessed in different ways to have supervisors that I could speak to um, that saw past the titles or did not necessarily – they saw your work and not Mm – your color. So I've been able to express that when experiencing it with coworkers, but everyone's not that blessed, okay? So, you you know, I would really hope that some workers, some some leadership somewhere sees this list and kind of asks or presents an opportunity for people to grow on it. You know what I mean? Add to it, because there's a lot of stuff that doesn't get um, that I think leadership needs to, to be aware of. <clears throat> when would you – I wanted to ask you, as a man, <laughs> if you were to see this happening in your workplace, when amongst coworkers, how would you advocate for them? Like, what would you say or do to advocate for that system in that situation?
2: In the situation where I felt like she was being ignored or being... Yeah,
4: ignored. or overlooked for whatever reason someone wasn't, sure. you know, in the prop, dude, yeah, those I, types of things
2: i've had situations- i've had situations like that before um mm-hmm. where i felt like um specifically i could walk top of my head where i had it was a a young lady a young woman who a woman who worked for me excuse me um and i felt like at the time i was i was i was in management um and at the time i felt like she was being not so much that she was being abused but we were we were making decisions about her career and were not fair like we hadn't properly trained her we hadn't really taken a look we had just looked did what what um what we had done is looked at one thing and said okay because for example she was a banker um because her sales numbers were low she's worthless that's basically what Mm -hmm. the gist of it and so i was able to to say wait a second and she was a sister and so i was like wait a second hold on i think we're missing this first of all you know we're we're talking about somebody who, has, who is um, consistent, who's been consistent through all of the turmoil and the turnover and who's basically held, you know, held it down for it. And so granted, and they looked at that and said, well, then her number should be higher. And I said, no, her numbers probably don't have the opportunity to because she's doing all, multiple things that she should not have to do in her position. So long story mm-hmm. short, I took her, um, and I I I mentored her, and I took her from a banker to I think I made her my assistant manager, and trained her. Yeah, made her my assistant manager, and my then my co-manager, and then eventually she became a branch manager. And now she's I want to say now she's a, a I think she's still either branch manager or something, district manager something like that. So she's doing well. But i I've seen that happen multiple times where because you don't do what they perceive that you should be doing. That you're automatically discounting. and it might because I understood how that felt. I did. I wouldn't just sit there and let it happen, within the, the power and the whatever I had. You know, I used to always. I would always try to go in and um, and support, support all of our people. I think yeah. anybody who worked with me would tell you. I always try to support us, hire us, give us chances. And sometimes they came back to bite me in the butt, but sometimes mm-hmm. or for the most part, um, it was good. Most times it was good. I saw a lot of good people who wouldn't have had opportunities to to do um, yeah, to excel in that in that particular field get that opportunity. Yeah.
4: I can't knock a referral. You know, the nepotism comment got me, and it made me laugh, and I can see the extreme cases of that. But I was Mm -hmm. the the position I have, I was referred to. So, like, I can't knock a solid referral system, but I was still qualified for the job that I was applying for. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's the the thing that irks people about the who you know part of it, when who you know trumps what you know in all areas. Um, that becomes a problem for morale. And it, it, it increases the side eyes considerably <laughs> from day one for those, you know, for those that you work with. So you've got to be able to produce. I wanted to mention that when you said the whole, you know, bringing folks in. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not opposed yeah. to a referral, but it's got to be a very well-placed referral.
3: Don't <laughs> just go referring anybody. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, there, and
4: I,
3: there's well, a oh, lot of companies me. Who don't allow it though? There's still a lot of companies that don't allow
2: nepotism, so I yeah, guess yeah. I wasn't really that affected by it. Here and here's yeah. I agree. I think I think the I think the way I look at that is is instead of saying I, I agree that 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 it does stink when it does suck when, some, when, you, when somebody gets a position over you because of who they knew, but I also say that knowing that. We got to go into the scenario and be that much more diligent about, like, we're, we're going into this as the person or persons or group of people who don't have, um, you know, who don't have a bunch of people in the room. And so once you get an opportunity, you got to get in there and you got to kill, Not you know, you got to start looking for those. Again, and I'm not saying hire anybody, I'm not saying don't do your due diligence, but you gotta look for opportunities to mentor. You gotta look for opportunities to promote. You have to look for opportunities to, you know, mm-hmm. to and and when you see it, you know, um, do, and that's not just amongst ourselves. I think we also have to get in and not just try to. One of the biggest mistakes I think we make is we get in and we just try to like get cool with all the other black people. Yeah, so, and you can't can, yeah. just do that. The reality is you can't just do that because. Yeah. yeah because if they're not the person making the decision, you have to mm-hmm. be able to have have some um, have some pull, have the ear of the people who are making decisions until you're the person who makes the decision.
4: That was a perfect right. way of that because I'm looking at the clock here, and I'm glad that you said that because. Um, It's easy, especially in the way that our society is moving right now where everything is tied to something racially motivated. I did not want us to have this conversation and everyone assume that all black people feel a certain way about work. That's not it. And we feel like, oh, it's a woe with me. No matter how hard we work, nothing is ever done. No one ever sees it. That's not the situation. This was an opportunity for us to discuss how – Throughout the frustration, throughout the obvious to us um, disadvantages that we may face, we still are able to produce. And it was more of an awareness kind of conversation so that we could start to have that open dialogue to see how the experiences are for those outside of this realm. But to do that, you also have to get outside of your circle. You know, you do have to befriend people that are outside of the brown crowd, you know, when you go to work. You have to do the work. You there is We don't want to discount networking, the honest, true, real, get her done and meet-people networking that has to happen um, just because you're black. But you don't have to skip that and say, oh, it's so hard, they don't want to talk to me. No, you have to do the work. But there is still a very real issue that um, exists within the corporate atmosphere for women of color, and that is something that I wanted to, I thought was necessary for us to discuss. We talk about love, we talk about, you know, all that other stuff, but this is this the thing. This, this is a thing and it, um, there was one other comment that I think Tamika made that uh, stated that this is one of the reasons why you increased numbers for African American women entrepreneurs. Um, this <laughs> is a high-stress lifestyle. You know what I mean? Having to co-switch having to keep it cool, having to be a, a expert-level stenographer to keep your notes, their notes, and all of the background stuff that happened in the midst just to keep your job. Like, those things become stressful. So often mm-hmm. we will decide, I can do this better by my damn self and be less stressed. I can be broke for a little while to not have to deal with this, like, because it's not worth my peace. It's not worth my health. You know what I'm saying? To stress just yeah. continue to do this job. So that comment really hit me because want to get out of corporate America, like seriously, for one of these reasons. Um, so, you know, for the, for for these types of reasons, um, in addition
1: to just not wanting to work with somebody else.
4: <laughs> but, yeah, so this was, uh, this was a very good conversation, and I appreciate everyone who listened, who will listen, who will share, and I hope you start to take this back to, your workplaces and have those candid conversations um, within HR appropriateness, of course. But have those conversations. As always, this uh, segment is brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful view is always our specialty. Um, You can visit us at elegancebydesign.com. You can always hit me up on Facebook, also at Elegance by Design, and I'll get you taken care of. Thank you all for hanging out with me. Uh, We are going to go into our next song, which is... Hold On by L. Isaiah Jones, and we will be quickly followed by Patrick Stocks with Fire Service.
1: No matter what you're going through, no matter what you face in life's journey, this is not the time to give up, nor the time to quit. All you have to do is hold on. You may feel like
0: God has forgotten you. just guys are now.
4: Alright, alright. That was Hold On by L. Isaiah Jones. That was new music. Y'all be sure and let us know if you like that. Um, as you all know, we have been uh, buttoning up our good little old, uh, our ending of our shows with the corresponding motivational comments. I'm loving that. Uh, so tonight, Miss Cicely is going to give us, I'm looking for her, I'm falling terribly, but I'm looking for her subject <laughs> Uh, So Cicely is going to talk to us tonight about boundary problems in the workplace. See, I wanted to get it right. That's why I took the time to scroll. Um, Because this is going to align perfectly with our main topic tonight. So I know she is going to give us some personal tips that we can take to help with this particular issue in our workplaces, to help set some boundaries, to have a more peaceful workplace situation, because we're all do that. So I'm excited to hear what we got to talk about this evening. How are you doing, Cicely? How are you, sugar? Hey, Putin. How we doing? How we doing? (laughs) Listen, listen, listen. What's up, squad? What's up, Scoop Nation? How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is your girl, Simply Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. My business tree is to help train and equip people to find their voice of identity so they can stop people pleasing and be empowered to encourage confidence and communication. I'm a certified professional coach. I am a counselor as well. I'm the queen of empowerment, and I set people's lives on fire for a living, and that's why they call me the fire starter. So welcome to Passion Talk, where we give you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. Listen, I'm excited about sharing uh, what's what I'm gonna call teaching fire with you tonight okay so um, <laughs> this is going to be very um pedagogical, yes its a big word down in its uh, context. Because you're gonna just take a lot of notes, and we're gonna receive a lot of specific information. So I just want you to get ready for that. Um, I must say, excuse um, my demeanor. I'm in a teaching mode, but also my fire has been pulled on all day long. So I'm on my last leg, but I will not give you leftovers. You go get everything that I give you today, okay? So let's go forward. What's up, Winnie? Win. What's up, QEQ? What's up, Kelly? Kelly. I love you all. Okay. So a boundary. Boundary problems in the workplace. Um didn't get a chance to hear your um splendid conversation. I'm sure it was awesome. But it and it won't maybe directly um connect to the article but definitely it will you'll be able to glean some information as Q mentioned for everyone to apply as it pertains to their success and their peace in their workplace. And I know that's what we all are after. So let's define a boundary real quick. So a boundary by definition um, shows what is me and what is not me. and It is where our identity comes from. So boundaries are major as it pertains to um, how your identity is solidified, and it, it literally um, distinguishes what is you, and what is not you, okay? Many of our work problems that arise among staff in the workplace could be solved if people took responsibility for their own work and set clear limits, but unfortunately many times this does not occur. And these are some of the problems that are surfacing as to why they don't occur, all right? So I'm going to give you several problems, and I want you to write quickly. (laughs) Problem number one, getting saddled with another person's responsibilities. Problem number one, boundary problem number one, getting saddled with another person's responsibilities. Listen, if this, if this is happening to you and you feel resentful, caveat on you feel resentful, some people get saddled with other people's responsibilities and perfectly fine with it. So these aren't the people I'm talking about. I'm talking to the ones who get, you know, other people's responsibilities and you're frustrated about it. Then you need to take responsibility for your own feelings, listen carefully, and know that your unhappiness is not your coworker's fault but your own. So if someone's able to successfully manipulate you into doing their work, it is not their fault, it's your own. So you need to take responsibility for yourself. So you have to go to that coworker, and you need to explain the situation that you will no longer do whatever it is that they ask you to do, and it is not your responsibility. And more than likely they're going to be angered by it, okay? But what I want you to do in order to deal with that, you got to stay firm about your boundaries and empathize with their anger, okay? Yes, you can empathize with anger. Say, you know, Sugar, I'm so sorry that you feel that way, but I'm still not going to do it, okay? But what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to return anger for anger, okay? You don't fight anger with anger. That's a trap. So you say what you have to say about the situation and keep saying the same thing, knowing that there is no justification needed beyond what it is that you're saying, what it's going to be. Remember, you don't owe anyone an explanation about why you would not do something that is not your responsibility. Mm -hmm. Uh I'll Mm -hmm. say that again You don't owe anyone an explanation About why you would not do something That is not your responsibility Nevertheless Mm -hmm. if you have a responsible Coworker that needs help on rare Occasion it's perfectly fine to assist Them out of love and the goodness of Your heart okay so just know the difference Also I want to make mention that um, These uh, boundary Problems and um, Specifications are coming out of The book of boundaries which um, I've been studying with my book club, and by Dr. Henry Cloud. So I definitely encourage you to get it, and it's going to share a lot more about boundaries in different scenarios and situations. Problem number two, you are working too much overtime. Where my overtime work is at? If you're doing too much extra work, okay, because you quote-unquote need the job in your mind and afraid they'll let you go, um, there is a problem with you. If you're working more overtime than you want to, you are in bondage to your job, and again, here in uh, in this case, you need to take responsibility for yourself and take steps to change your situation. So these are some of the steps you can take. Set boundaries on your work. Okay, you can you can work overtime no problem, but you need to determine how much overtime you will do and then cut it off at that point. You need to review your job description if one exists. God forbid if it doesn't. <laughs> You, number three, you need to make a list of tasks that you need to complete in the next month. Be organized with your work. Number four, you need to talk to your supervisor to discuss any job overload that you have, right? So I was uh, actually hearing from a um coworker of mine the other day who um, their supervisor was piling uh, full-time work on their part-time hour um, capacity. Why? Because they had not managed, the supervisor hadn't managed their time appropriately, so now they were expecting their inferior to um, carry the bulk of the load because an audit was coming up. Say not so. Mm -mm. (laughs) So, you know, again, your lack of management does not constitute an emergency on my part, so we have to remember that um, caveat when, when dealing with our coworkers particularly, or anyone for that matter. Problem number three is misplaced priority. Boundary problem number three in the workplace is misplaced priorities. Not only do you have to set limits on others, you need to set limits on yourself in the workplace. Effective workers do two things. Please write this down. They strive to do excellent on most important things. That's an effective worker. Now, there's a planner I love who says this. Do what you do best and outsource the rest. <laughs> I really love when I heard her say that. It is so true. Do what you do best and outsource the rest. I mean, there is a, really a lot of liberty and freedom in delegation, right? So you want to delegate the things, right, that – are able to be delegatable, Hello. <laughs> and then you want to focus on what it is that you do best. lot time for certain things and keep your limits, people. You will work smarter and not harder, and you'll like your work more if you do so. Remember, limits on good things keep them good. Oh, that is so good. You want to remember mm. that. Limits on good things keep them good. Okay. Boundary problem number four, difficult co-workers. All right? Everybody loves everybody they work with? You lying. All right? Uh So difficult coworkers. (laughs) There are such thing as a difficult coworker. This is the law of power. The law of power states you only have the power to change yourself. You can't change another person. Okay? The law of power. You only have the power to change yourself. You can't change another person. Given this reality, you must see yourself as the problem and not the other person. Ooh, it's gonna crack you wide open. I want you to capture that. See yourself as the problem, and not the other person, because you are the only, uh, you are the one who has the power over you. So if you internalize that, then you say, hey, then I have to do something about changing this situation, because I can't make anybody else change. So the real problem lies in how you relate to the problem person, not necessarily the problem itself. So you must refuse to allow that person to affect you. essence of that is true Mm self-control. So that's why you need to look within because it's not really what the person is doing. It's how it impacts you of what the person is doing. That's what you need to address, okay, and it's a difference. Problem number five is critical attitudes, all right? Boundary problem number five at work is critical attitudes. Much stress at work can result from working with or for someone that is super critical. Anybody got a supervisor or a boss or a coworker just critical, 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 they find nothing right, does everything wrong? And, and working under that type of pressure can result in challenge to stand apart from a critical person and keep your boundaries intact. So what you need to allow uh, is critical people to be who they are, okay? You need to assume there's nothing wrong with them. That is just who they are, okay? You need to allow critical people to be who they are, but nevertheless, you need to keep separate from them internally, especially, listen, because critical people have a way of impacting your insides, and that's the problem. Okay, so if you don't have a tough enough skin or a backbone, critical people are indeed going to get in your subconscious and your psyche, and that's where they're going to rule you from within. So you need to be sure that you have your internal work, or what I say, your inner game is strong, so you don't start, um, you know, associating yourself with that criticism. You don't have to embrace the opinions of a critical people. Confrontation may be necessary, but you may want to enlist support for this, all right, or follow the company grievance policy. Why? Because a critical person more than likely has the capacity to eat you alive. So you want to be sure <laughs> that you have support along the way. So whatever you do, remember you can't control them or change them, Um, but and to do so it may be asking for trouble. Stay separate and keep your – yes, I said it. So you need to be sure, okay, that you are keeping separate, separated from them, those who are pervasively critical. I'm not saying all criticism is bad. But if they're pervasively critical, they have a bully issue. Problem number six are conflicts with authority, conflicts with authority. If having issues with your supervisor or boss, it may be due to transference feelings. And what transference feelings are are feelings that you have in the present that belong to unfinished business in the past. These feelings are known to happen frequently with bosses because they're authority figures and can easily be associated with parents, which is a typical figure for resentment to stem from childhood issues that have gone unmet. In some to deal with this, you need to leave the past in the past, deal with it, and do not allow it to interfere with your present relationships. So you can't see your boss or your supervisor or your manager through the lens of your parent, right? So you need to make sure that you're having a healthy association with authority figures and don't, you know, revert revert back to um childhood experience. Problem number seven that you're expecting too much of work for you. This is a good one, you guys pay attention. You're expecting too much of your work placement, too much of your work environment. In a world where family, church, and community may not be the support structure they once were, people look to colleagues for their emotional support that a family once provided. The problem is when someone wants the job to provide what parents didn't provide, being nurturing, relationships, self-esteem, and approval. Since work is not set up this way, people, nor is it what is asked of you, and work expects positioning, you cannot look to your workplace to have your childhood needs met. There are directives to be executed at work, which you are being paid for, and therefore they cannot be dependent on to be your only emotional support system. They pay you in money, okay? They don't pay you in compliments. So (laughs) keep your boundaries firm. Protect those hurt places from the workplace because it's not set up to heal your wounds, people, and they actually wound you unintentionally, okay? Problem number eight, we round into a close. Taking work-related stress home. This is important. Where are my workaholics at? Taking work-related stress home. This can be addressed in two areas. First, you need to aim not to bring your emotional conflicts at work home, but do your best to allow it to begin and end at work so it doesn't spill over into the rest of your life, okay? Your work life, even business owners, should not consume every entirety in every place of your entire life. No, it should not. If you take too great account of the rise and fall of work, then these are character issues that need to be worked through. Otherwise, your job or your business or et cetera will own you. The second component you need to consider is the time, energy, and other resources. Because typically a job is never done, don't allow your work-related issues to cost you your personal life and your relationships, et cetera. You want to find out your own limits and live by those limits even when, and especially when, I would like to add, when it's your own business. Because entrepreneurs have it the worst. <laughs> those business owners have it the worst because it's always going, right? There's no off switch. So you need to make sure that you're setting limits appropriately. These are good boundaries to have to honor self-care of yourself so you weren't burned out. And lastly, problem number nine, how about those who just dislike their job? I really like this one, you guys. You dislike your job, this is a boundary problem. Remember, boundaries are where our identity comes from. It defines what is me and what is not me. And our part and is part of our identity is that it taps into a particular giftedness that we have, and we get to exercise those gifts in the community, But unfortunately, many people are unable to find a true work identity, which causes them to go from job to job to job to job, and it's not related at all because nothing seems like them, quote-unquote. That may be a boundary problem for you. Many times it's not due, many times if you go from job to job to job to job with no um, relation whatsoever, it may um, be due not to being separated from your family of origin. And maybe not being separated from external people, their friends and culture included, and their expectations of you, meaning they still have too much influence on your professional pursuits. (laughs) You know, the parents that have tried to live vicariously through their children because they never became the ball player or the lawyer or the policeman or the fireman or what have you, and so they place on their children what it is that they wanted to do themselves. Yes, those ones. So, you want to make sure that you're not influenced by these parental figures, external people, friends, and culture for what it is that you do for your life purpose. Instead, you should have a realistic expectation of yourself based on who you really are your own true self and not another self, and your own giftedness and not another's desire for you. You must be able to say, This is me and this is not me and in order to stand up against others' expectations of you. And that, my friends, if you are able to explore all of those boundary problems in the workplace, will help you to arrive to a very more peaceable state of of fruit and productivity in your workplace or in your business ownership or anything that is your professional endeavor or pursuit. And that's our Passion Talk for today.
2: All right. right.
4: concerned? Was that good for I'm you?
2: I'm concerned that you just gave us a whole book. Or <laughs> <laughs> you
3: I gave or you a lie, a right? Where, where, yeah.
2: Where, where is,
4: when you, you know I'm abundant, I have to give the people <laughs> more <laughs> than <laughs> enough, huh?
5: Listen,
4: <laughs> Come on. We operate in a Was this good? I'm yeah.
0: stuff,
4: Yeah, great. So we have life work to do, people. So you got nine boundary problems to identify yourself. You know, we usually can always find ourselves in one of these. Um, at least some um, probably more than one. If you're in more than five of them, you need some real help. So, uh, you know, reach out to your girl because I am definitely um the queen that can assist you in your boundaries, okay? Um, this is your girl, Cicely Victoria. Um, you have just been a part of Fashion uh, talk where we give you practical tools for everyday living, so you can press into your personal power. Um, if there be no further questions or comments, until next time, I want you to stay in purpose, stay in power, stay in passion, and stay on fire. Do you have any um, further need for me? Reach out at firestarterpassion at gmail dot com. I love you guys, and um, that's it. Stay lit. Oh, here. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> that was good. All right, that was good. Look, I'm trying to get all these notes together. Yeah,
3: oh. that was a lot. I just
2: had yeah. to. They got to listen. I just gave them the outline. People got to listen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and close and uh and close this out. Kels, you up first?
3: Um, good show like always. Uh I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for the the engagement for some of the folks. Make sure you guys share it. We do this every week, every Tuesday. Yes, I like to say Tuesday. <laughs> From eight PM to ten PM Central Standard Time. Uh thank you to my lives, the people that were on. And like always, be blessed and be productive for the rest of this week. See you next week. I think. It's Thanksgiving week. I'm not sure. Let's see you Wait, next
4: time. What <laughs> 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 um, I don't have any sales or anything going on right now. Um, I just, You know what? I've noticed that just in general, this day has been a lot for everybody. So I have a feeling that if this week already feels long on a Tuesday, I want to send all of the light and the love, and the good wishes and happy words to everybody that's listening, whether it be replay or live, I'm sending some good juju your way, like, in real life. <laughs> and I hope that the rest of this week is an amazing, amazing week for you guys. But, yeah, and check out LQSpiderSac.com for your kiddies. <laughs> shameless plug. Good cool. plug.
0: Good plug.
2: All right. Um, the word on Wednesday is going on tomorrow. So, Pastor Ryan's back at seven o'clock. But continuing in his series in First Corinthians, uh, tomorrow's title is The Crisis in Corinth. In so, yeah, so definitely want to tune in for that starting at seven o'clock right back here. Um, also, again, as I said earlier, if you haven't registered for the Level Up Conference, do that today. Go to www.levelupchicago.com. Um, and you will uh, enjoy that. You will definitely get all the details you want. On Thursday, we are doing Level Up Live. This Thursday, um, I'm talking to uh, Marshall Thomas. For those who don't know, Marshall Thomas has um, over a decade's worth of experience in the automobile industry, and so we're going to talk about um, the best ways to buy a car, answer any questions people might have about, um, financing and what different things mean. Um, so we're going to be talking to him on Thursday at seven o'clock Central Standard Time uh, on Facebook Live. Um, so tune in to that. Also this is the last week if you want to donate to our feed of family um, Thanksgiving uh, fee that you can do that. Um, all donations uh, can be sent to Global Radio at gmail.com on um, PayPal. Again, hundred percent of your donation will go to the family minus the whatever fee PayPal charges. Um, but we are feeding at least one family in as many cities as we can. And so um, so this is the last week to do it. We'll start delivering the food um, early next week. So we need you, if you're going to donate, to do that by, um, by Sunday. Um, Nouveau Exposure Magazine has some new articles out. So if you haven't checked out our magazine, uh, Nouveau Exposure, you can do that today by going to the website, nucleexposure.org, and downloading our last um, issue. And then, last but definitely not least, uh, if you are an independent artist, you can send your music to, uh, by sending it to us, excuse me, at radio at gmail.com. And like the two new songs we play tonight, we will uh, support you by getting them on there. So, other than that, want to so say thank you to um, everybody who tuned in. Thank you to everybody on our lives. Thank you to Q, Kels, uh, and Cicely for your wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, work that you've done. Um, tonight was a really good show. We had some really good conversation that I hope we can go back and continue, uh, to, th- to think through. And as Q said, if this has been a hard week for you, then it is our prayer, it is our thought that you have a much better week that you continue to uh, push through, that you would – that the end of your week would be better than the beginning of your week. Um, So have a good rest of your day. Have a good rest of your week. Um, And we will be back next Tuesday for another uh, good show um, on the Scoop Radio Show. Have a good night, and we will talk to you all later. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for supporting. Have a good night.